Welcome to the Illenials Podcast. I'm Chief Senior Executive Producer Host Seth, and I'm joined here by Smith, the guy who does all the actual work. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% okay with that being our split in titles. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we're here again, man. How you, how you been? How's your week been? I've been doing pretty good. You know, I'm still acclimating to a new area that I've never lived in before. It's actually funny because a lot of people I work with are from, like, New York, Boston, and even, like, a little closer to the area I'm in now. And, like, I'm in, like, North Carolina, and it's the most north I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And everyone just thinks that everyone just, like, when I tell them that, they, like, look at me as if I'm, like, a wounded animal. They're like, oh, you haven't even, like, you've never even traveled out of this area? I'm like, no, never. Not not once. And uh, Yeah, there's people, people assume that we're all just country bumpkins down here or whatever. But, uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. We, we have we have our own. Uh, I, mean, well, I mean, first of all, I think that, you know, for the, for the millennial generation, um, the the internet really changed a lot of stuff, right? Like, there's not as much difference now between between people who grew up in different regions based on the fact that we have the internet. Yeah, there's a you know it's pretty a uh, more unified experience based on like whatever internet community or internet like whatever website you were really into when you were young or whatever you like however you traverse the internet it kind of tells a lot about how you are now no matter where you're from. Yeah, and as you get into like Facebook and Twitter and stuff, as that became as as you get to like a younger set, I guess of the of the millennials, um, those things became more commonplace. And like, people are all just it's like it's actually kind of sad a little bit in a way. In like that Facebook and Twitter and all these other social media websites are just going to create a homogenous generation of children who all grew up watching fucking. Logan Paul uh, and Minecraft unboxing videos uh, forever, and they're just, just going to be them. That's going to be them. Minecraft the unboxing videos. Yeah, I, my uncle works at, at Microsoft and says they're going to they're going to be making some uh, loot boxes for my, for Minecraft soon. They should make loot boxes for like Microsoft Word. How how would that work? It doesn't matter. They just need. To, <laughs> what do you mean? How does it work? I'm just curious. Like, would you unbox new fonts? Would you be able to get a new, uh, a new line spacing uh, no. scheme? No, you unbox font shards. Mm-hmm. Once you have twenty shards for a particular font, then you can unlock the font key. Three keys, and you get a font code. The font <laughs> code can be redeemed within thirty-nine business days of whenever you got it, and then you get a font rental, and you can use that font for seven days. Mm-hmm. And that font is going to be Cambria always. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you you'll be sitting there wanting impact to make your sweet memes in Microsoft Word. Can't get it though. No, I um, miss the days. This is actually something I wanted to talk about. Um, we were kind of just discussing it. Is and this it, it's so funny how we people talk about millennials, Gen X, all that stuff because. Every second, the definition of the word millennial changes, or like what age range millennials actually are. Mm-hmm. So, as for what's the last thing you've heard, what what age range are millennials in? Uh, yesterday, I read a thing that said that people born from like eighty six on to like two thousand and or two thousand basically uh, are millennials. Those are millennials. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, because. It's just, it, it's weird how we, we throw these words around all the time, and yet, for some reason, we're allowed to just change the definition whenever we want, as far as, like, group of people, you know? Yeah. It's really weird to me. Well, it's also, like, I mean, they're calling this new generation of kids Generation Z, or whatever, and I'm like, alright, why don't they get a cool name that like we did? Did we get a cool name? Is Millennials, Millennials really a cool name? I think so. It indicates the turn of a millennium. How many people will be around to have seen, you know, the ticking over of another thousand years of okay. well, human history? Sh- sure. But what what would your your idea be for Gen Z then, since you think they deserve a cool name? The last generation. Wow. That's actually pretty good. But I don't think that's going to... That's not going to sell magazines. I mean, so I'm just saying, I, right now, it is a, it's, a, it's a nice, balmy 85 degrees in February in Georgia. So, I, I am thinking we're looking at the, the barrel of the last generation. Come on. First of all, don't act like Georgia has ever had winter. 
We do. We have, we have had winter before. We've never had winter in Georgia. What it are you should be about? a nice outside right now. It should mean it should be nice sixty degrees, which is not winter for a lot of people I know. But it's cold for us, and it's not even that. There are fucking ants and bugs and shit crawling around outside in February. How's yeah, it where you're great. at? What's going on there? Uh, it's about it's about the same. It's not. We haven't hit eighties um, consistently yet. We're still in like mid seventies, um, like in the middle of the day. Um, to the mid-afternoon or whatever, but yeah, it's a. Uh, it actually, it actually feels really nice out here right now. Um, but once again, the South, Georgia especially, does not have winter. Right, but it's, it's like just a, not. It's not normal. It should. It should still be cold right now. It's only February. Hmm. Teach their own. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I I've never experienced what I would consider a real winter in Georgia. I mean, we have like that month of winter, and then we have that two weeks that we pretend to call spring. Mm-hmm. And then we have summer, and then we have slightly less co- less warm summer, and then we're back into that winter month. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's probably, on average, maybe two days a year in Georgia where it feels nice outside. Yeah. Two two days are, like, where the whole day it feels nice, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, because there was, there was a, a time, like, two weeks ago I went to work, and I came in wearing a jacket, and I left in the jacket at 5 o'clock. And it was, you know, excruciatingly hot in that jacket. So yeah, it's like that most of the time. You'll start off one temperature, and then you'll be a very different one by the end of the day. Yeah, and it's funny because, like I said, a lot of my coworkers are from like places up north and such. And whenever I say like sixty degrees outside is cold, they laugh at me. But whenever they say that eighty is hot, I laugh at them. Oh yeah, I'm like, you sure. aren't even ready for summer. Mm-hmm. You aren't even going to survive on these streets in summer. No, you don't, they don't know shit. Because exactly. I, yeah, I have people say that. Like, oh, it's like it's like it's 80 degrees outside. It's burning up. And I'm like, man, I've been outside on days when I was 105. Like, don't yeah. talk to me. I can wear a long sleeve shirt in 80 degrees. And sometimes you'll have to if you're working. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, the, temp- the, the weather sucks right now. It's, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I get I would prefer to be cold, to be honest. I can. I would prefer to, for it to be maybe not freezing cold, but if I could get a nice 60 degrees or 70 most of the time, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, so that's because you roughly have the same, uh, <laughs> the same proportions as a woolly mammoth. Oh, no, I definitely have the, 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 the blubber of a, of a leopard seal or something to protect exactly. me. Exactly. So I'm, you, I'm you, well you armored against colder. cold. I know that, you know, little fucking skinny-ass flamingos like you can't stand the cold, so... Wow. Uh, we, we, you gotta put on more clothes, but I'll be you fine. Think, when you look at me, you think flamingo? I think, yeah, pretty gangly, uh, kind of pink in color. Uh, yeah. Gangly. Mm-hmm. Pink in color? Yeah. I have a beard. What uh, well, What other color? Who, wait, hold on. Who says that beard... Aren't birds just, like, covered in one big beard? Yes, but my beard isn't pink. I mean, but your skin is pink. Eh, I don't know. Agree to disagree. Your skin <laughs> is fucking made of trash bags, so fuck I, you. I have that very pale and freckly complexion that uh, is, it looks very good yeah. on uh, women, but when men have it, it is not good. It is the yeah. opposite of good. If it's, you're shirtless on a summer day, you can blind an entire street of people yeah, with a for, reflection. For about five minutes before I turn beet fucking red from the sunlight scorching yes. my skin. Because you are actually allergic to sunlight. That's true, I really am. It, it sucks growing up down here because the sun's fucking everywhere and you can't escape it. Yeah. If I could All live right. in that place from, uh, what is it, uh, 30 days of night or whatever it is... Uh, what is this? Va- Vampire Town. Uh, oh yes, 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 yes. I'd be fine because I could just hide from the sun for about a month. Yeah, that that'd probably be an optimal scenario for you. My optimal scenario would be one where I get to stay inside like a lot of the day, but I also don't support capitalism at the same time. <laughs> that's oh, fair. Fair. That's my optimal scenario. Mm-hmm. So speaking of capitalism, all right. Let's jump right into some whatever, whatever we're going to talk about this week. People are dying to know. I I, I do have something I want to talk about. If you're curious, right. I want to Go talk ahead. about I want to talk about Generation Z. I want to talk about the kids and what's going yes. on after uh, we touched on it last week uh, with the shooting in in, in Florida. Uh, these kids ain't going away. 
um, they're constantly on TV and on social media, and they're just like consistently owning our elected officials. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, especially that uh, Emma Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. She is just like she's like fucking fourteen years old, and she's making everybody look like dummies. Yeah, and I love that they've done. They've gotten so much fucking done uh, just through the sheer weight of their outrage. Because it's really hard to for most people to ignore a kid who was you know almost murdered. Uh, so people listen to them more. Yes, and. And the th- other thing is that on the other side of things, you have some people who are so determined to not listen to these these kids that they have gone in the other direction of saying they're fake, that they're not real. Have you seen this shit's going on? No. People are calling the the Parkland teens uh, crisis actors. They're saying that the whole shooting uh. wasn't real, or that the kids were planted in the schools ahead of time, and the shooter was paid by the government or whatever to do this. Oh yeah, it's another a classic uh, false flag scenario. Exactly. And now they're like, how are these kids so good on TV? How are they able to talk so well to media personalities? Who who got them all this all this shit? And I'm like, I mean, the the fucking mass media, the news is they're vultures. They come. They're like those fucking ambulance chasing uh, attorneys. They will show up and talk to anybody, and if you happen to be good at talking, they will put your ass on TV forever. Yeah, people keep talking about it like, oh, what a big coincidence that Emma Gonzalez is so good at talking. But, I mean, you have to, you have to think about it, though. This is the, the hundred millionth, it feels like, school shooting that's happened within the last couple of years. And this is the first one where we've really had, like, a unified voice and some people who are really good at it. So it's not a coincidence. We just, at this point, you know, you just happen to find... The school where there's some well-spoken kids and who actually know what they're talking about and want to make change. And also, just on another note, we were talking about before, this is a generation of kids that were raised on social media, you know, posting fucking videos and Snapchats and shit. They know how to talk. They know how to, they know how to interact with the camera. It's not surprising that they will be good at talking to media personalities. Yeah, and uh, I know one thing that's really, really pissed me off earlier this week was... I was on Facebook, and uh, this dude who's actually my age, um, he posted this meme that was like, first of all, it called these, it called Gen Z people millennials, which made no sense, and also the guy posting this was a millennial, so I don't understand where he was coming from, but the meme was like, uh, last week millennials were eating Tide Pods, and this week they think they're constitutional experts on gun laws. Oh, and God. I was just I, every time one of the, something like that comes out, I just I cringe so hard, and it just makes me angry because it's like saying it, it's the idea of putting people into boxes, saying that these well-spoken kids who just went through an insane tragedy and deserve to have their voice heard are the same as people who were eating laundry detergent just because they're it's of similar age which was largely a joke too most people who posted that weren't actually doing it and it's like i'm you know i'm sure people have a hard time understanding irony but come on yeah and and every time something like this happens people always say oh well, this it's like if you want to you can go into any generation and say oh you guys did a stupid thing but you also did a good thing you know i mean that's just how people are you yeah. know sometimes you want to do something stupid and have fun or even something that's stupid and is not fun at all. It just ends up being stupid. And then other times you got to make some change. I mean, I sure. The greatest generation fought Hitler, but they were also super racist. So, you know. Yeah. Take a good and they, bad, right? They sowed the seeds for, you know, the society we're living in now, which is absolute dog shit. Well, I would say that the greatest generation, while they have their faults, are not nearly as responsible for this as their children, the boomers. Of course. The of boomers course. are the ones who really fucked us. But if they didn't... If they didn't boom, then, you know, we wouldn't be here. And that's true. That's a fair point. I'm saying we wouldn't be in this scenario. So, you know, every generation's to blame. But Except for except for mine. No. The millennials mine will be is blameless. the only good one. We will be blameless in history. I do think that right now it's shaping up because millennials are still just now like getting their, their, their footing in like politics and stuff. And right now our legacy is we inherited a bunch of bad shit and don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, it uh, sucks. It, it's and it's another thing where it comes down to people who post on social media, older people who are just like, oh yeah, millennials they they don't have respect for anything and they think they deserve everything. And it's like, no, we, you they gave the, they gave this to us and we're having to fucking deal with it. Yeah, and it's not so, like Generation X did anything to really 
help in the situation. Yeah, and it's like one of the one, and then also all this talk about generations is just antiquated in my opinion. I, I don't think we should even talk about generations anymore. I think that people are people, and we should just try to work to make our society better and not worry about because just the the label of a generation doesn't actually achieve anything except for just talking about like a period in time. Host and, and executive producer of the Illennials podcast says that generations are outdated. I, I I do I do believe this. I mean, we only named our podcast this for the clicks. Mm-hmm. Okay, those sweet sweet clicks. Yes, we don't we didn't name our podcast this, or I didn't name my half of choosing the name of the podcast didn't come from thinking that we should continue to live by these weird generational ideas. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just like, I think we should just think more about your beliefs and your ideals than what year you were born in because it doesn't... Of course, it does make people different and people do think differently when they, between when they were born and how they were raised, but there's a lot of other things that factor into who you are than when you were born, you know? Yeah, I agree. I did Because there's millennials who are like us, who are leftists and all this stuff, and there's millennials who are fucking alt-right Nazis. And it's like, true. you know, we don't have we don't have a, a general consciousness or anything, like a hive mind. We are very different, and other factors factor in a lot more as to how we perceive the world. True. I do want to point out one person, though, who particularly caught my eye with their criticism of the Parkland uh, teens. And yes. it's uh, our friend of the show, Armand White, uh, had some stuff to say on Twitter about... about really? I didn't hear about this. Yes. He uh, he calls on the Parkland puppets, and he is one of those... Burn. Just asking questions, people who are like, how hmm, how do they how do they get all these news shows? How are they so good at, at talking to, to fucking Jake Tapper or some shit? Like, um, basically calling them crisis actors. Um, and Armand White is, uh, for those of you who don't know, we made a joke about him once before. He, he's a film critic that works for the National Review. Um, and he's one of the people, he's a film critic that I really, uh, I respect him because once you read his reviews, he really has a specific thing he looks for in movies. Even if I don't agree with any of those things. The way he looks at movies is, it's, it is fascinating. I do think he's wrong about a lot of stuff he says, but... All, all of the logic makes sense. Like, if you read his, enough of his reviews and you look at something he reviewed, you understand why he thinks this because his logic is very sound as far as how he sees stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he was one of the people who was on Twitter calling them, uh, uh, he coined Parkland puppets, which luckily did not catch on. Um, basically, just sort of like spreading more of these conspiracy theories about how, like, oh, this kid's dad's an FBI agent or. They just so happen to be so well spoken, and I'm like, "Fuck off!" Like, yeah, we've talked I, about I, this already, but fuck you. I love the the tagline. Oh, I'm just asking questions. I love oh, I yeah. love that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to make any assumptions about anything. I'm just asking questions, so don't don't worry about me. I think it was Glenn Beck who did that, right? He was the guy who was always talking about Obama, and he was like writing on his big yeah, whiteboard, his chalkboard. Yeah, and he was like, "I'm just asking questions." Yeah, don't don't mind me. I'm just an insane person who has a television show that runs every night, and people mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Glenn Beck's responsible for, like, so many of our old people today being absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, I remember when I used to... One of my old jobs when I worked on a, uh, a pecan orchard, I we're, we had this old truck that we would drive around, and there was one day where I had to drive for the whole day, basically. It was, like, four hours I was, like, driving around and doing small tasks and stuff, and the radio station that was on the the truck at the time was this weird conservative station, which was weird one reason because the guy I worked for wasn't a conservative, and neither were any people who worked there. So it was kind of weird that it somehow ended up there. But it was the the the, two, the four hours. There was a two hour Glenn Beck show, and then a two hour Rush Limbaugh show. Oh my God! And I didn't change the channel because it was the funniest thing I've ever listened to in my life. I listen to stand-up comedy and comedy podcasts, but nothing beats Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh back-to-back. Imagine the fucking brain spiders you would develop from listening to those two people back-to-back. Like, if you did it every day. Cortex. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Rush Limbaugh actually sounds like he's eating, like, pasta <laughs> all the time. 
when he's on his show. Like it's he's constantly just he has a noodle or eight just going in as he's talking, and it's it's disgusting. It's probably almost like listening to this podcast. <laughs> and then that voice would be the one that you heard like for two hours a day, just screaming about. I don't even know anymore, like, the Liberals and George Soros and stuff. It, and Is Rush Limbaugh still around? I haven't heard from him in a while. Didn't didn't he get hit by the sexual harassment shit? And oh, he did. You're right. Or, he, I did, or was he the guy that said something racist and had, like, now he's just on the radio? I can't uh, remember. I don't know. He might, it might have been both. Why are we put saying it's only That's one true. thing? I can't remember who all gets hit by what anymore. It's like all these conservative people just keep getting turning up with uh, horrible shit that happens because of racism or sexism or homophobia or whatever well, i did a quick google search and i found out that he two days ago there was a breitbart article where he said apparently cnn said something mean about him so he mm-hmm. said they called him mentally ill so he said that everyone at cnn is mentally ill so oh sick burn bro that's fun yeah that's really gonna get him right there and then he called the, this is an insane thing, he called the CNN Town Hall a vehicle for frustrated leftists. Oh my god. And I don't think I've ever seen a leftist on CNN, as far as like an actual correspondent in my yeah. life. It's really funny to think about what they imagine leftists are, because to them, leftists are, are I mean, what we would call just liberals who are like, hey, please, maybe don't uh, call people uh, uh, the N-word. Or something. And then actual leftists are like, tear down capitalism. Yeah. And actual leftists are so, a totally different beast. But they, they look at they look at that thing and they think the guy, the, 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 the you know, the polite liberal is the leftist. They are the, 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 the idea that you need to treat people with, with decency and respect goes hand in hand with we have to destroy capitalism. And you know what? They're probably not wrong about that. They just don't know it. Yeah, that's true. But I do hey. want to talk about, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I wanted to talk about something that happened this week um, right. with our uh, our very uh, our very illustrious and uh, uh, president uh, Donald Trump. Who? Oh wait, Donald Trump's president? I yeah, I don't, I don't hear about it every second of every day. I know, right? It's not it's not something that I wake up in the morning and it just hits me like a yeah. truck uh, every time. But no, it's like uh, it's like uh, he was talking about the things we need to look at when it comes to this gun violence stuff, and mm-hmm. he said we need to we need to look at the internet, and we need to look at violent movies and video games because those are causing kids to shoot up places. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, the, I mean, here's the thing: the do violent video games uh, negatively affect? children and young adults and people of all ages it's it's been an argument we've been having since i mean ever since i've been pretty much conscious of anything political probably when i was you know eight to ten where i had at least a tiny bit of an understanding about what politics was this um this argument's been been around as long as that and it's i mean how much more can you say about it it's a simple teardown of sure you can think that but then 99.9999% 99.9999% of people who play violent video games don't ever do stuff that heinous and shoot people and actually murder people, you know? Yeah. It's hard to... I mean, once again, they're putting things in boxes. They're like, I don't like this thing. And then the, the one thing that I've noticed recently is that the violent video game argument has gotten smaller and smaller, mostly because the industry has gotten so big. Mm-hmm. When video games weren't a sixty billion dollar industry, people were trying to tear them down. But now that they're bigger than movies and music and fucking the news and everything else, and now that they make that much money and those companies have that much power, people talk about it a little bit less. Actually, yeah, it's um, funny how once something becomes profitable, uh, it becomes acceptable. Yeah, but of course the argument still comes up every once in a while. You can't avoid it, and it's it's just it's so weird because. Mm-hmm. I play video games. I've been playing them my whole life. I th- you you play video games before, right? Yeah, a couple times. You, you played one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, you play. I remember you played Spore for eight hundred hours. I did. I played. That was for that hours. was your number one. And then you just you said that it was so good you didn't want to play any other games after. Yeah, I, I just quit okay. playing video games after okay. that. Well, so there are some video games that are like violent and have like um, shooting, like with guns. Oh, you can eat other other monsters in Spore. Oh, you can, you can okay. kill them and eat them, okay. and you can also blow up the planets. So, do you, you know. get that once you play like four hundred hours? Because I never got to that part. 
I mean, you start right off the gate, you can be a little cell guy who eats other cells, so, I mean, it's pretty uh, yeah. brutal. I mean, I played cell guy for a while in Spore. Mm-hmm. Um, but, jokes aside, the violent video games argument is preposterous, and honestly, at this point, I think it just it's just something to give them more time on the 24-hour news cycle. Because they run out of shit to talk about, and they're just like, let's dredge up this age-old, stupid fucking argument. Yeah, when I first heard Trump say that we need to look at violent video games, I was like, did I fall through a time portal back into the 90s? Did Columbine just happen again? Like, uh, I'm waiting, like, the stage is set now for Jack Thompson to come back, right? Like, this is it. This is the time for him to make his his grand re-entry into public life. Um, because it's just a bunch, it's, it's bullshit. I mean, it's been constantly pointed out over and over again that, uh, it's not like, you know, uh, the penny dreadfuls of, of the 1910s and shit, uh, caused street urchins to start murdering people, uh, just like, you know, violent movies didn't do anything and, uh, uh, fucking Marilyn Manson albums don't do anything to people. Or video games, none of this shit really matters. It's just people wanting to blame something that... Uh, an easy target, basically. They want something yeah. that's simple and easy to understand, and they don't want to deal with the real problems. And a lot of it can actually be summed up... Probably one of my favorite examples of media corruption that has actually worked on some scale is the very early movement against uh, rap and hip-hop music. Mm. And... The, the reason that they stated was, oh, it's violent. They talk about guns and drugs and people shouldn't have to hear about this and it's, it's bad, which is still a stupid argument, but for them it was working. But the real reason they did it, and we all know this, is because, especially very early on, and I mean even now, rap music was about how black people would just get beaten and killed in the streets by police officers for no reason. Mm-hmm. And the news was like, "Oh, we don't. We shouldn't let people. We should tell people that this is bad, so that they don't even want to get near it." Right, and yeah. for older people, even I mean, I, I worked at a company a year ago. Um, I was in a, a twenty-person team where I was the youngest person by about twenty-two years, and the team was actually predominantly black. So it was usually like fifty to sixty-year-old black men and women I was working with, and a lot of them hated rap music, and they said, "Oh yeah, it's just." It's bad for kids, and it's violent, and all this stuff. And I don't know, it could be a generational thing, but a lot of it, I think, comes from that early attack on it by the media saying that it was bad. And and it just, it, 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 it's really bad. It's really a bad scenario for people, because the, the music, especially at the time and now, it, it was trying to illuminate some bigger issues. And the, the media did such a good job burying it for older people that they just write it all off immediately and don't really dig into it. Luckily, younger generations have actually embraced rap and hip-hop music and have learned a lot. I've learned a lot just from listening to music because of things like that. So, yeah. And yeah, it's just a, it's a classic example of the media realizing that they don't like something and they think that maybe it's going to hurt them in the end, so they try and bury it. And ever since then, it's pretty easy to not trust most media outlets as far as when it comes to them telling you things you should or shouldn't do. It's the same. It's the same like uh, underlying problem, just layered over a different set of of excuses. Because, like you said, like they attacked you know hip hop music because a lot of it is about uh, you know the hard uh, life that people faced in you know these urban black communities, and they they don't want to talk about the fact that the problem with that music uh, or not the problem with it, but the thing it's ta- the problems it's talking about are real and tangible. So instead of like trying to address the problems that it's based on, let's attack the music that talks about it. Right. And then for video games, people want to blame video games for this kind of stuff. Uh, and they, and they, they want to also, also want to blame mental health. You know, they want to talk about, Oh, he was crazy. No, man, he wasn't fucking crazy. He was a perfectly fucking rational human being who shot up a school um, because, I mean, let's face it, he's made, we've seen plenty of evidence now the guy was some, you know, form of white supremacist, he was some kind of racist, yeah. which is he not... He was a hateful person. Yeah, which is not a fucking, uh, a mental illness. Racism is not a, a fucking, uh, a mental disease. And the reason these cool shootings happen, in, in my opinion, and people will probably fucking call me out for this shit, but I don't give a fuck, is 
that people like this dude are living in a time when there is very, very little room for socioeconomic improvement. You probably can't really get a good job. The, 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 the life that you were told you were going to have by the media and by your parents, you know, you work hard, you do your, you do your shit. Or even if just existing, you'll you'll have a passable you know life. Doesn't exist. It gets taken yeah, away. The the fucking economy and our politics are never going to allow you to live that life that you were you were lied to and told you get to have. So some people lacking any kind of uh, you know material improvement to their lives, they get desperate and they turn to to crazy shit like racism, like fucking uh, uh, xenophobia, and enough of that shit over time and you and, and and access to these kinds of weapons and you're going to see shit like this happen it's just a simple fact of life that's what causes it is our society is in is in the shit because capitalism is eating itself to to keep feeding the top 1% so people are going to continue to to shoot places up and kill other people and themselves because they don't see a way out yeah and i mean that's the that's the tagline for our podcast the Illennials, <laughs> capitalism is eating itself to feed Zuckerberg. Yeah. And, and that's that's the point. That's what's going on around us, and that's the whole reason we even do this podcast and the whole reason that I'm, you know, on the hard left because I truly believe these things. And it's, it's becoming more and more apparent that these are the causes of not only these school shootings but of all the basically mass hysteria we're living in second to second in reality. Yeah. It's, but, it's, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No. I was gonna say it's not it's not popular to say it, um, but like crime and stuff is directly related to um, the economy. You know, if people are poor and don't have much to to go on, they're gonna resort to thievery. I mean, isn't that fucking play everyone loves Les Mis about a guy who steals uh, to feed to feed himself? Uh, based on this idea that poverty creates crime. So, but rather than address the causes of people's poverty, we want to we want to crack down on on crime. We want to go after criminals. We want the FBI to track your social media posts to see if you're going to shoot up your fucking school instead of addressing the addressing the real reasons behind all this stuff. Yes. And all right, so let's let's cool down for a second. We okay. talked about some pretty heated issues. We're going to talk about something that's just as divisive as mm-hmm. gun control and left versus right, but is a little less serious. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose this question to you knowing that you're not... Okay, let's preface this. We're about to talk about sports, mm-hmm. which we don't talk about a lot, because neither of us are like huge sport heads. I'm really into esports, and I'm into basketball as far as like traditional sports goes. And of course, NASCAR. We're a NASCAR family. You mm-hmm. can't get around NASCAR. And you, you're more of a, you pretend to like football, like, once or twice a year. And other than that, I'm not, what, what, what is your sports liking background? Uh, in college, I watched, I watched a lot of soccer, because my roommate was into it. Uh, yeah. Or as the rest of the world knows it, football. Um, and I'll still watch that when I can, but, like, we don't really fuck with soccer too much here in America, so it's a little bit hard to, to, to watch it. But, I mean, I find it be entertaining. Uh, yeah. And like you said, football once or twice a year gets interesting, but mo- I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna be one of those guys that sits there and watches every single game. Yeah, it's not that engrossing to me. So I'm gonna pose a question that I think this is where, to me, millennials, the definition of millennials, get split. Okay, mm-hmm. and we're about to talk about it right now. And even though you don't watch sports, you can still answer this question: Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Michael Jordan. All right, and that's that's it's. A hundred percent so far. I'm mm-hmm. right about this. Millennials who were you're from the earlier version of millennials because you were born in like late 80s. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up, when you were about you know elementary and middle school aged, uh, or not maybe not middle school just yet, Michael Jordan was tearing up the country and winning championships and people and he was building his legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. People who were born, I was born in the mid '90s, and by the time I was like cognizant and I was like actually knowing stuff, um, LeBron James was on the scene and he was become he was tearing up the game and he still tears up the game to this day. And for so for me, I always say LeBron James. And it's this week has been a very big week for the MJ versus LeBron debate because a very popular uh, they used to be just sports uh, journalism, now they do all kinds of journalism. A site called The Ringer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing a Michael Jordan versus LeBron week that has spurred a lot of controversy and a lot of fights because people people fight about this kind of stuff, and and that's and the whole thing was as I was reading these articles more and more, it was actually funny how it turned into like, oh, I grew up with. MJ winning titles, so I'm gonna like MJ. And of course, the one thing that MJ will always have over LeBron James until his movie comes out is Space Jam, because mm-hmm. everyone loves Space Jam. No matter if you're a LeBron or MJ fan, Space Jam is in the upper echelon of every movie ever made. It is an unstoppable masterclass in filmmaking yeah. and script writing. And Michael Jordan will have that. And then, but then for me, it's it's like so hard for me to say that this dude who won his last championship when I was, like, a fucking carbon in our dad's ball sack. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, like, believe that he's the he's better than the player I've watched as I grew up. Listen here, you little bitch. You don't know shit about MJ. You, I don't know shit about... How many championships does Michael Jordan have? I don't know. You Exactly. I just said that when I was growing up, it was Michael Jordan on everything and everywhere, and he was yeah. the coolest dude in the world... And like you said, he was in Space Jam, and I remember this distinctly. My most my most memorable Michael Jordan moment was I was in the hospital after losing my leg, yes. and the it which was Michael the Jordan cut off. We don't talk he about did. it very much. He did. He viciously assaulted me in my. He in, in he the, dunked on you so hard you lost a leg. <laughs> he did. When he came down from the dunk, the ball hit me on the ankle, and my leg blew right off. Like <laughs> it, it was, was like, it was nasty. a clean cut too. It, it was, was like one hundred percent clean. Um, but yeah, I was in the hospital and it was the Bulls versus the Jazz, right? And it was, yep. uh, it was the fucking, it was, this was it, man. And I was pulling for the Bulls because of course, and my dad was pulling for the Jazz or our dad, I guess. Cause he always pulling. pulls for the team we're, we're not pulling for. Exactly. It's the fucking, it's the, he, he is the Darth Vader to our Luke, uh, oh. uh, most of the time. Right. Uh, yes. I've got so, a great story to finish after this one. So we're, we, uh, fucking, uh, uh, Jordan pulls it in and they win and the Bulls just like, I mean, it was the fucking dream team, you know, it was, uh, it was Jordan, it was, uh, Pippen and yeah. the other guy that no one remembers his name. Um, and they fucking beat the Jazz and we get back to the ho- the hospital, uh, my room because the TV was in a, com- a communal room and I was so happy and celebrating that, uh, my crutches, like I just lost one. Uh, and fell flat on my fucking ass. Wow. Um, and broke my cast that I had on my on my <laughs> stump. Uh, That's so how yeah. he lost his other leg. <laughs> yeah, my other leg then uh, was destroyed by Michael Jordan, who is my my idol, but also my nemesis, and it's pretty much the core of my entire character and arc. I'm so glad you told that story, because I have a LeBron-related dad story. Oh, boy. So I believe it was 2006 or 2007. It was one of those years... And it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, which LeBron was on, versus the San Antonio Spurs in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And I was a, you know, I was a big LeBron fan, so I was like, I'm so ready for this. And then j- just because I said that, Daddy was like, okay, I'm pulling for the Spurs now. Mm-hmm. And it was the most embarrassing series in the history of NBA. Um, the Spurs blew them out 4-0. They, they didn't lose a single game and just put LeBron James in a dumpster. But the, the funniest thing ever was that, uh, so game three happened, the Spurs won, and they were going into game four. That night, so daddy, he would always leave, he left really early in the morning, like before I would even leave for school. And one morning I got up, that morning I got up from, to get ready and get, take a shower, and he had a broom set up in the living room with a note on it that said, we're about to sweep LeBron out of the series. <laughs> Like, he went through all that work just to stick it in my face that my favorite player was about to lose the series. Oh my god, that's that's a very dad move right there yes. for sure. That's but incredible. One, one argument that I can make uh, that I believe cements LeBron over Michael Jordan that maybe you can get behind is that LeBron James is a way better person than Michael Jordan. I don't know anything about their personal lives. Michael Jordan is a gambling-addicted asshole who is just verbally abusive to the people around him and has no respect for anyone else in the world. And um, LeBron James is a very charitable person. He has given millions and millions of dollars in scholarships for people who are from Akron, which is his hometown. And he's very charitable, and he... He goes out on social media and talks about stuff. You know, he talked about the Parkland shooting. He talks about Trump a lot. He's not a very big Trump fan. And recently, 
I believe it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg went out and said that LeBron James should stick to dribbling and not talk about politics because that's not who he's who he is. Um, and he took offense to that. He was like, you know, I have this platform. I have more. I have more followers than our fucking president uh, combined on social media. And I have these opinions, and I think I should probably use my platform for positive purposes, you know, to help out the youth and help out people. And I think that's a noble, a noble cause. And fuck people who think that you shouldn't be able to voice your opinions because you're not a politician. Right, yeah. I mean, isn't our country how based on the idea that anyone can voice Republic, their, their, their political opinions? Exactly. Um, and then as soon as somebody, you know, this, I mean, once again, LeBron James, very successful black man in America voices his opinions, his distrust in our president, and a lot of the, the system that's going on right now, and then some people tell him to shut up all of a sudden. Interesting, right? Yeah, no one bats an eye at Tom Brady being best friends with Donald Trump. Yeah, who cares, right? Let me just go ahead and say, because he hasn't said it enough, fuck Tom Brady. Fuck Tom Brady. The Atlanta Falcons were supposed to win the Super Bowl in 2017, and they, Tom Brady rigged the game beforehand. <laughs> And he deflated the ball, he did, he kissed his son and turned him into Superman or something. I don't even know what happened with that whole For controversy. For real. Have you watched that video of fucking Tom Brady kissing his son? I haven't. I, I've heard so much about it and I do not know what the deal is. Dude, I always find that weird when I see people kiss their children like on the lips. I'm like, no, stop, that's weird. No one, do, don't do that, right? Yeah. But this dude like... Like, fucking kisses... He, he fucking kisses his son, dude. Like, it is fucked up beyond all belief. I watch this shit go down. Wow. Like, he's on... He's, he's, on he's, like, he's doing, like, he's doing like bench pressing or whatever, and his son comes over and, like, leans over him, and they just kiss, and I'm like, oh, my... What the fuck? Call the fuck... Call Child Protective <laughs> Services. What is this shit? Take this man's children away from him. All you right. can't open mouth kiss your children. It's not allowed. All right, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Stalin killed 10 million of his own people? <laughs> 10, 50 million. 50 million of his own people? Yeah. Do you have any response to that? <laughs> I would say that the population of the Soviet Union grew 1.6% under him. That's impressive. That's an impressive stat. Two stats that I learned. Well, I knew the thing about him killing 50 million people, and I said 10 by an insane accident. Um... I did not know that the population increased 1.6% Yeah, uh, under Stalin. Tell us I about mean, this. This is a cool history lesson. I mean, first of all, um, in the Soviet Union, at, at this time anyways, um, abortion was illegal uh, and women were encouraged to have more children because the Soviet Union had just faced like, the, like horrific losses, right, uh, um, fighting Nazi Germany. And so... They just fucked like rabbits to replace all the people that died in the war and the purges and stuff and people who went to the gulags and folks who disappeared uh, entirely. Um, so yeah, I you know it it was definitely not a good time to be a woman in the Soviet Union, but because uh, the the average woman I think had five children and God damn. Just as like a reference, um, Putin and Trump are both of the same generation. Do you know that? Putin's pretty fucking old, actually. He's yeah, like he's in the sixties, I believe, or getting to sixty. Um, and they both had, you know, siblings. And the thing is, that all of Trump's like I think four siblings, uh, of course, survived to adulthood. But Putin lost two siblings uh, in the in the Soviet Union. So it just goes to show you, sort of like. The difference in their, uh, I mean, you know, like for their humani the humanitarian sort of like aspect of things in a way. Um, and they just fucked like crazy over there. Then also, in difference of wealth, because of course the Trumps were very wealthy, and uh, I'm sure Putin's family was not, uh, you know, they weren't millionaires, obviously. Yeah. So, and, and in America, uh, you know, people, children do still die a lot uh, today and did a lot for the uh, entire 20th century. So, do you think, um, what am I trying to say? Vladimir Putin is, a lot of people call him technically the richest man in the world. Do you, do you ascribe to that belief? I, uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Um, if you, if you take into, if you, if you sort of like see him as an actual autocratic ruler of Russia, then yeah, he probably has like $200 billion in wealth he could wield. That's insane. Yeah, it is. But here's the thing. I'm not sure that he could actually 
use all that money because it's tied up in so many other things and it's uh, it's not all officially his or whatever. And so if he tried to start putting it to use, people could probably push back against him. But, you know, uh, he now. does have it technically. Uh, yeah, Putin's going to die one day. And he'll probably just nuke the entire world because he's some kind of like Ayn Randian, uh, when I die, everything dies person. So we'll see. Ayn Rand's dead, right? Yeah, Ayn Rand died a long time ago. In, okay, in poverty, uh, uh, just as a, a positive note. Yeah. But Rip 2 Shanka Kid, uh, you were taken from us too early. Um, thank you for your schooling of Fox News reporter <laughs> on live television about the Soviet yeah, Union's oh, history. In case anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, there was probably the funniest video in the history of the internet made earlier this week where this, this what's his name? I, I, we, I just know him as Ushanka Kid. Yeah, so basically this Fox News reporter was like, you, you think that Stalin would be a better leader than Trump? And the kid was, <laughs> the kid was like, yeah. <laughs> the reporter's just like, you know, he killed 50 million people. And in the most lightning quick comeback, as if the kid was, he was like, I know what he's, he's about to say 50 million, isn't he? He's about to say 50 million. He says, you know, the population increased 1.6% and then just it fucking pieces out. Yeah, this reporter was just like, if you watch the like, longer version, the reporter is just like owned completely on, on screen. He doesn't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> because the, the fun, like we're talking about, the funny thing is, both of those facts are extremely true mm. and are very shocking when put next to each other. And I think it represents something interesting, like a shift in American uh, uh, opinion, is that reporter is obviously from probably Generation X. And grew up in school hearing that, you know, communism was the worst thing in the world and, and uh, leftism is terrible. And just has this factoid about 50 million people, like, loaded up and ready to go, right? And this kid yeah. just immediately shoots back with another statistic because this kid was obviously a millennial. And we all grew up, pretty much all of us, by the time we were conscious, there was no Soviet Union anymore. So the threat of communism kind of seemed dead. And so we never got that big, fearful you know, speech about how capitalism was the only way forward and communism was evil because people were like, well, they're dead. Why worry about them anymore? And that proved to be a thing that has backfired because now, well, in their opinion, backfired because now you've got kids who are like, what's so bad about socialism and communism? What, what I mean, I never heard about this before. Yes. If there's kids like us making podcasts about why, why communism, you know, maybe it's not actually the worst thing in the world. And yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we have this freedom and this ability, and let's hope some change gets made. Let's raise our population one point six percent. No, please God, no. No, um, popu- no, I'm saying population of leftists. Oh, leftists, but, yeah, but for sure. by a lot more than one point six. Let's start at one point six and go forward. So I just want to like talk about real quick this thing that happened to me this week, where um, I took three days of day off of work. I uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday I didn't go to work. Mm-hmm. I had vacation time to burn. And also, the, uh, at work, the system that we use to do 90% of my job and most jobs on campus, uh, if you're a, uh, an office worker anyways like I am, just another office drone, uh, that system was down. And so, for the entire week, like 90% of our work couldn't get done. Uh, and I took those days off of work, and I haven't really missed anything. That's the thing. I've been checking my emails. Nothing's really come in. No, nothing's really changed. And... It sort of like makes me think about how inefficient our system is and how it's organized because we're still asking people to come in to work and still just kind of sit there and twiddle our thumbs all day and not actually accomplish anything when I think a saner system would say, oh, we can't do anything because we're upgrading some stuff. Uh, you guys just go home and come in. You know, we'll still pay you, obviously, because we were going to pay you to come in and do nothing. So we'll pay you to also be at home and do nothing, um, yes. which would be a much more sensible way to do things. Yeah, and it, there's there's goods and bads to the whole scenario. Like it, depending on your your system or not system, your setup. You know, if you're at work and there's nothing to do, you can watch some videos, listen to some podcasts. You know, get some stuff done that you usually have to do in your leisure time. Um, but then, but then after a while, it's like you hit that. Especially that once you hit like after lunch time on a dead day, it's. It, you, you, it feels like you are in jail. Like, mm-hmm. you were just like, this is, this is bad. And you just have this issue, and it kills you. Like, when you get home, all you want to do is go, like, on a on a busy day, when you come home, you kind of want to, you know, do your leisure time stuff. But on a dead day, you just want to go to sleep because it has yeah. just drained your soul. And you've realized what you've signed up for and how kind of 
soul crushing our systems can be sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, um, and you might work in a place too where they block videos or you can't listen to a podcast or you can't you, know, you can't even do anything but sit there and just sort of like stare at the screen. So that sucks. And then that's just that's just for people like us who, I mean. It feels weird to call me and you white-collar workers, even though that's the kind of work we do, because we get paid like old blue-collar workers got paid, which is what most workers are getting paid these days. So even working in a technical or office field, you're still not making that money that people would associate with white-collar. So we're not going to call us white-collar workers, even though we sit on our asses all day um, and work on computers or whatever. We're not going to call us that, but... You know, and even if you don't work at one of those jobs, let's say you're, you're a convenience store clerk. I had to go in a convenience store job one time when I was a kid when a fucking hurricane happened and knocked out the power. And I, all I could do was sit there and, like, lock the doors and sit behind the counter. I was not allowed to go home, you know? I couldn't go home because someone had to be there to watch the shop. And I asked my boss, why am I watching the shop? No one could come in here and do anything. I can't sell anything. All I was sitting here doing is watching the doors be locked. And they were just like, they, did, they were like, you got to stay here. Yeah, that's because you are seen as less than garbage in their mind. Yeah, pretty much. You're garbage they have to pay, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much the way the way they see us. Yeah. Um. No, no, no. I'm saying you as a person are less than garbage. Oh, me? Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> I am. I'm definitely something that a raccoon wouldn't even eat, or a, a possum would just piss on as a human being. But you know, uh, we're all. I'm still here. I'm still doing my garbage life. Yeah, you're doing all right. Um, I think we're about to wrap it up. Then I think we I think we're good. This has been a, a little shorter than normal episode, but I think we got we got we covered some good ground, and we got we we had time to yell, we had time mm-hmm. to scream, we had time to love, and we had time to cry, and that's a great episode of the Illennials podcast, in my in my opinion. As some old dead dude no one cares about anymore once said, uh, "Brevity is soul of wit." So uh, short episode. Uh, obviously a better episode, right? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you all again for joining us uh, here for the uh, Illennials podcast. I'm at Life of Seth on... Oh, are we not at that part yet? No, we're not at that part yet. I'm at Life of Seth on Twitter, underscores, Mm -hmm. in between the words. Our artwork was done by the illustrious and mysterious Enigma wrapped inside of a puzzle named Marcus Barkley. Mm -hmm. Um, If you need anything commissioned from him, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I... I can I can be found on Twitter uh, at MC Surf that is S E R F and uh, you know from here us the Millennials podcast let's just say um from New fuck Orleans the to New York oh wait no we're fuck the Patriots aren't we mm-hmm. we're fuck we the Patriots <laughs> okay fuck the New England Patriots all right we'll see y'all next week see ya.